Okay, everyone, welcome to the Mental Debriefing Podcast. I am with my co-host, Leslie. Hi, everyone. And it's been uh, several weeks since our previous recording. We've all been very, very busy. How long has it been? I think it's been five weeks. Well, we recorded the uh, pre-UFC 228, and the last fight was UFC 229, so it's been a while. Yeah, I think it's been about five weeks, because I just finished my... This, today was my last day of my fourth week of my clinical rotation, so it's been a long time. So, Peter, any updates on your dating life? Uh, I thought we were going to talk focus on you for No, no for one wants to hear about me. So how's how's your uh, nutritional? My clinical rotation. Yes, your clinical rotation. It's going really well. Uh, my first two weeks, I was in the ICU uh, floor. Actually, ICU step down, medical surgical. Uh, so I shadowed the dietitian who usually manages those floors, and it was really interesting. I learned a lot, and now I'm kind of. And then I'm, now I'm shadowing another dietitian, same same hospital, um, but she mostly focuses on the medical surgical floor. And, but I'm learning a lot, and I got to res, uh, visit a renal clinic in Fontana. So I'm at uh, Kaiser right now, so I'm just observing different dietitians, and then also I'm seeing patients and charting. But I'm I'm definitely learning a lot, so it's very interesting. Yeah, sounds very interesting. <laughs> um, so you, yeah, you, you drive out here every, how many days a week is it? It's uh, Tuesday through Friday right now, and it's 10 weeks. Interesting. Yeah. So what happens after this whole process? Is, is there like a graduation ceremony? or? Well, you do 10 weeks of clinical, then you do 10 weeks of admin, and then you do 10 weeks of outpatient education. So right now I'm inpatient, and then I'll be doing 10 weeks of outpatient. So inpatient, um, just to give you an idea of what an inpatient dietitian does. So for if you're on the ICU, ICU floor or floor, yeah, you... First thing in the morning, you do multidisciplinary rounds where you and other clinicians, like the physician, the respiratory therapist, the nurse, they'll talk about each patient that was that's been admitted. You'll go over their labs. Um, you'll you know you'll know if they've been intubated, whether or not they followed a swallowing test, if they're going to be transitioned from tube feeding to regular diet. A lot of uh, hardcore stuff. And then you go over their labs, their potassium, their phosphorus, all kinds of things. So just depending on the diagnosis, you have to be mindful of different labs and just a variety of different things. So for example, if someone has congested heart failure, you have to be mindful of their fluid intake. Um, they also have to be educated on sodium because sodium um, retains water. Um, so you just have to be mindful of all these different things depending on their diagnosis. And then you visit the patients afterwards and then you just see how they're doing, educate them um, about, you know, different, if they have restrictions or if they have diabetes, figure out if they've been, um, if they're aware of, uh, like, carb counting and all that stuff. So there's a lot going on. And then if you have someone who's on tube feeding, 
you have to calculate like the goal rate, how much protein they're getting from the from the formula, the calories, figure if it's appropriate for that person. Then there's uh, peripheral um, nutrition or parental nutrition where people get um, their nutrients from an IV because for whatever reason, whether they have short bowel syndrome, they can't use um, their gastrointestinal tract for to, to get the nutrients that they need. And then you have to calculate that as well. So it's a lot, but I really like it. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it sounds pretty intense. Yeah. Because um, it's inpatient. And, uh... Yeah, and outpatient is usually, um, so the renal clinic that I visit, that I went to go visit uh, last week, that's outpatient, and it's just education. So these people are on um, peritoneal dialysis. That's what Kaiser has right now is peritoneal, and they um, refer out any patients who are on hemodialysis, but you want to check their phosphorus, you want to check their potassium, all these different electrolytes because they have kidney issues. Um, this can build up in their body and cause issues, so they have to be really mindful of what they eat. Um, so they meet with them, and then they also have classes, and it's just educating them about food. Exciting. Very interesting. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so some updates since our uh, last podcast. I have closed escrow on one of my uh, first clients, um, a buyer client, so... Yay! Aren't you excited? Um, not really. Um, I'm so Because the uh, stock market also had a drop on, on the same day I got my check, so it's <laughs> all the same now. Um, Peter, you should be so happy. You made your first sale. Yeah, it was a lot of work, but um, I learned a lot, so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And... My why for the being in this industry is strong, as I've stated before, because um, home home ownership is a very tricky. When you're a renter, you don't know a lot of the stuff that you need to know as a homeowner, and it can be a very confusing process. You have title, escrow, um, what a mortgage is, all these. Mm-hmm. Uh, interest rates, all this kind of stuff, uh, HOAs. Um, there's a lot of different aspects that uh, usually as a renter you're not exposed to because you're just paying rent every month. Um, so all that stuff is, uh, you know, I want to help smooth the process over. That's why I uh, went into this in- industry. Um, I know in real estate they focus more on the seller, but um, I believe buyers have some needs also so that's why i'm in said industry um in addition what's going on with the housing market right now um yeah so i went to the uh real estate expo the california association of realtors expo yesterday and tuesday um in long beach in uh, the uh, beautiful long beach convention center and the chief economist spoke, uh, Leslie Appleton, and uh, there was some pretty sobering numbers. Um, by 2025, if trends continue, 
California will become a majority renter state. So that could uh, change a lot of things, both uh, politically and socially, and um, there's obviously been uh, LA, in Orange County, prices have risen beyond the, uh, the 2006 mark, and then in Orange and San Diego County, and then like San Bernardino County is still like 15-20% off from those highs, but um, overall the market, there's um, there's more supply now, more people are selling because interest rates are going up, prices are going to go down, so um, it's going to, it's a correction that's mm -hmm. going to happen, um, there's going to be a few foreclosures, so we'll see, um, but you know, if you're in the if you're in the buyer's seat now, start planning now because uh, there's more inventory out there and there's less competition. So if you've been saving up for your down payment, now is a good time to take a browse at the uh, housing market. Um, also, I also believe, also like cities um, have made it tough in California to develop, to build new homes because the uh, permit process is so extremely long uh, to uh, from from when you plan it to when you actually build it because California has very uh, strict um, feelings towards in environmental laws mm. and there's a lot of uh, regulations like for example in, in uh, the city Chino Hills here a lot of any time there's any type of uh, housing development that happens, everyone complains about, oh yeah, it's going to increase traffic, and it's going to increase density, blah, 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 blah. And they'd rather have like an empty lot that has no environmental value whatsoever um, instead of a housing project. So um, that's, that's part of why, um, you know, statewide, that's part of why the, uh, the housing crisis, um, why it's been so unaffordable, because for every 100,000 people that move in, uh, there's far fewer housing units that get built versus in states like Arizona or Texas. So that, that helps uh, contribute to California's issues uh, regarding housing affordability. And then, of course, um, on the realtor end, realtors focus a lot on, on sellers. So there is a educational gap as well between um, potential buyers and people that actually and when you're a potential to actually buying for your first time there's a big knowledge gap that I wanted to help people along with that so hopefully um, in California that we can turn things around but the economy as a whole is still strong unemployment is uh the numbers are good. Everyone has jobs right now. So things are hopefully looking better. Um, also, I've uh, a mosquito flew into my house. <laughs> and um, last week or whatever. And, you know, you uh, in the summer, of course, I wear shorts, short sleeve, whatever. I don't necessarily sleep naked, but, uh, you know. I, mean, I, mean, I don't. 
yeah, or else. Uh, <laughs> but I don't. You, so you know, I have a lot PMI, of. Expo- PMI. I have a lot of uh, exposed skin, so. Um, <laughs> They went to town on my feet. Usually mosquitoes, they don't, uh, they don't eat the feet because it's, uh, the skin is tough there. <laughs> um, but this new aggressive kind of mosquito, they're, uh, um, it's a very, you know, they're aggressive, so they just went to town on my two feet. And <laughs> it felt like athlete's foot for several days, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a very um, not fun experience. Um, luckily, I didn't contract like West Nile or whatever, because that's also an issue that you need to worry about. But anyways, I saw I heard someone contracted West Nile in California, like close to here. Yeah, it's, it was either LA or San Bernardino County or both. So, yeah. um, so yeah. That's what's been going on. Um, career-wise, things are going okay, I guess. Um, I yeah. thought you'd be a lot more excited about selling your first house or helping someone buy their first house. Um, well, I <laughs> you're so hard on yourself. Yeah, um, that's a very good assessment. I was in dance class a long time ago with. Um, my fr- now friends, uh, Luis and Ignacia, and then um, mm-hmm. the previous dance teacher I had was very, very strict, and she yelled at us, and especially guys. <laughs> um, but then uh, I was it's in dance. It's not really good for business for her to be yelling at her students. <laughs> well, she was really strict, and then um, Ignacia is like, uh, you know, I took some classes with her and her husband, and she was like, um, Oh yeah, Peter is just very uh, tough on himself, blah blah blah. And I was like, wow, she understands me. <laughs> and then, um, so that was a very astute comment you made just right now, because yeah. um, I am very tough on myself. Huh. But um, yeah, and then before we started recording, um, Leslie, what was Leslie <laughs> gonna say? I forget. Oh. But, uh, Oh yeah, uh, we, so um, yeah, I'm only my my personal life. Sometimes it's uh, you know, I try to keep a a level, not too high, not too low. So so whatever happens in my life, I just keep going hmm. because you don't want to be too happy because who the heck knows what happens next, right? But then you don't want to uh, you know, go into a shame spiral and hmm. things can get out of control there. Interesting. I, I'm also that way. I can be really hard on myself. Someone can tell me, like today's, um, the dietitian I worked with. She's like, oh wow, like you know, I can't. It's very impressive that you were able to chart for, uh, four different patients. That, you know, being that you've only been here for a few weeks, and I'm like, is she just saying that just to be nice? <laughs> I didn't feel like I did a whole lot, but I'm like, just take. The compliment I did say thank you and I'm very appreciative of everything they've done but the first thing that came to my head was just she just be nice like I don't know I don't believe <laughs> but yeah I think yeah. it just yeah we need to just enjoy our accomplishments or 
and not be so hard on ourselves. Uh, yeah, I agree. Let's uh, take a quick pause here. Okay, continuing on here. I've had a few uh, dating adventures recently. How did it go with uh, the girl you're really excited about from your dance class? Um, I don't know. I might be too emotional here, but um. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, um, it's not all bad news. Oh. But um, so, you know, usually I like to call girls or whatever because texting it can get, you know, it can get. You can misinterpret stuff, it can be weird, you can't tell their tone, mm -hmm. you can make a lot of great jokes. But anyways, a week before, I had, uh, um, I had, uh, you know, I texted, oh yeah, we're going to the museum next week, blah blah blah. Then she sent this long disclaimer thing, oh. like really long, and I was like, uh, I'm not looking for a long-term relationship, blah, 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 you know, we're just going as friends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah. The, and then, oh, I, I'm going to pay for myself, you know, on the whole, the whole thing. Uh -huh. um, so. But as I've uh, learned previously, you just have to keep going. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. And then... Um, not in, not not whatever, but you know, it's like okay, that's fine, and et cetera, et cetera. Sorry, I'm a bit confused. She texted you that before your first date. Yes. Oh, okay. So, but I know, but um, you know, that's. But she was the one that was interested in you, right? Um, she told your dance instructor, like, who is that, and. Well, him maybe he sh you should reach out to her. No, 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 no. Well, I I'm not sure what happened beforehand, but uh, <laughs> no, we, we we were also in a yoga class together and all that. So, um, but she texted me this whole long thing. So, um, you know, there's you can't give up at that point. So, uh, mm -hmm. set date happens. Um, I pick her up, and then we go to the. Norton Simon Museum, as you know, my uh, favorite place to take Where dates. Is the Norton Simon Museum. It's in Pasadena. Um, it's right on the Rose Parade route, like where they film the Rose Parade, uh -huh. and then they have like that building in the background. Uh huh. And that building is the museum. Um, so you know, it has all your usual. Uh, it has some Van Goghs. And has that Diego Rivera painting, <laughs> you know, um, all the usuals, all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and museums are great places to take dates because, you know, it shows, oh, yeah, this guy's he's intellectual, <laughs> he's not a dumbo, and then you also kind of... There's nothing wrong with being a dumbo. Well, I mean, <laughs> not necessarily, but then you... you uh, those guys have other physical traits that make up for it, but um, <laughs> I don't have those physical traits, and I'm not uh, six three, so I have to rely on the uh, I'm not a dumbbell card. <laughs> so that date happens, you know, we go toward the museum a lot, and then things, you know, we have good chemistry. Um, 
I, as you know, can be uh, very funny sometimes, so that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't take a picture, where I usually take pictures of dates, so I was like, I'm going to change karma this time. I'm not going to take a picture there. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, so a few hours go by, then um, we exit the museum, we go to lunch, and then uh, the lunch happens. And uh, rather than get into a giant argument, um, because I paid for the museum and she was, you know, she sent that long thing, so uh-huh. so that long thing which said she'll pay for for herself, so she paid for lunch. No regrets <laughs> there. Um, which you know, by the rules, you're not supposed to. But where'd you go uh, for lunch? Uh, there's a. Uh, there's a place called El Cholo Cafe. Oh, it's I've Mexican. heard of it. There's one in La Habra, right? Uh, possibly, yes. I've been there, yeah. And, um, yeah, the food's okay. Um, but there's a nice view, et cetera, et cetera. And it's in a very nice part of Pasadena. Oh. Um, so, lunch happens, we drive home, and then, uh, yeah, things were looking good. Um, and, uh, I didn't close with a, uh, goodbye kiss, which was a big mistake, but, uh, why, yeah. why, why didn't you, I just didn't, I mean, <laughs> I mean, not that you should force yourself on anyone, I just didn't, but uh, did you think that, 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 a possibility at that point? Yeah, it could have, yes. Oh. But I was like, oh, yeah, I'll see her or whatever. So I, I was so confident in that uh, enough chemistry was built that mm-hmm. um, it would be, you know, you can take things a bit slow. So, uh-huh. so which, which she insisted on with her long text. I didn't want to uh-huh. force anything through. No pun intended. Um <laughs> But oh, I should have said that's what she said. Oh no no no, that, no, no. that works for a guy. Um, Don't edit that out. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I thought you know, it's like okay, I'll I'll see her again or whatever. So that's not gonna be an issue, right? Mm-hmm. So then the next week, uh, you know, we keep texting back and forth. I see, I saw her. Oh yeah, and then I. I had a uh, bought her a gift previously that I forgot to give her, but then I gave her on Monday. Um, you saw her again on Monday. Well, yeah, there was a uh, we go to a, a dance social every week at said dance studio oh. on Monday, so I gave it to her. She Where'd was very, you get her? Uh, just uh, one of those Asian fan things because uh, dancers like using those, oh. and she didn't have one. So oh yeah, that was so sweet. Blah blah blah. So oh. things were at a high point there. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, then next week comes around, and then she was busy, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, we're starting in on the I'm busy stuff. Aww. And then um, that weekend passes. Then, um, then that following Monday, she, she was like, oh, yeah, I've been sick, blah, 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 which she really has been, had been. Um, and then there was a 
this previous weekend, um, she went to Big Bear because the, uh, the previous week she was sick, so whatever. Anyway, so two weekends passed, and as you know, the, uh, it's hard to keep up the momentum when, uh, when you don't see them, so mm-hmm. that's a, that's a big issue, and, uh. You can only hold on to chemistry so long with uh, text messages. So it's, uh, you know, we're in, uh, things are still on, kind of. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm supposed to see her on Sunday. We'll see if that happens or not. But um, for lunch, she insisted it was lunch only. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I'm I'm a bit concerned, but... um, whatever it's life right you have to keep going until they slap you in the face and (laughs) no no (laughs) you should not keep going until they slap you in the face well she wants to see you again so that's good she's agreed to go out to lunch with you and just enjoy her company and hopefully she's enjoying yours Yes, hopefully. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're going on a second. Hopefully, date so. With her. Um, she hasn't canceled yet, and it's the day after tomorrow, so. Yeah, I've been. I don't know. It's. Uh, what does she do? She does uh, some sort of accounting for. Uh, the county of San Bernardino, the county of San Bernardino, and she works in San Bernardino, so she's she's out over yonder. Um, but yeah, I uh, you know whatever happens happens, you know. It's, have you gone on any other dates? I have not. I oh. date one woman at a time now, so <laughs> now <laughs> that also puts puts a certain pressure in because it seems like. I only seem to progress in relationships when I'm dating other people, and then I don't I don't know why. So it's it's kind of weird, but I am. Uh, it's it's just easier when you date one person, obviously, because then you don't have to keep track of uh, what you say to people because it's always <laughs> honest. Because when you when you you're dating like three people at once and then they're like, no, I didn't say that. That was the other girl you're talking to. Blah blah blah. So You've like, had that happen to you? Oh yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, I was one of my dating adventures. You know, I uh, you know I said you're my number one priority. Oh. But then in her mind, she's thinking, so if I'm the number one priority, there must be other women. Because I said number one. Uh-huh. So she's like, there must be a two and a three, right? So that's what she thought in her mind, which it turns out she was correct. But um, <laughs> but that just, could just mean like, you have other responsibilities like work. Yeah, that's what I thought it meant. And, but. you know, your house and you're choosing to make her your priority. It's, I'm surprised she, that's the first thing that went through her mind is that that wouldn't be the first thing that goes through my mind. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh... <laughs> maybe she's been hurt in the past. That's why. Yeah, I've I've tended to date um, women that have been hurt, but you know, mm-hmm. at at this late stage in the game here, 
you know, I have some regrets in my life, which is, I, uh, I'm kind of a late bloomer on this, uh, dating thing due to certain things that happened in high school and, and, uh, Anything that you would like to talk about on the podcast? Uh, not really. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I never made things work there because I was in elementary school and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Have you ever been in a relationship? I have, but, um... Like a long-term relationship? Not, not too long, no. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> what's the longest relationship you've ever been? We won't go into these types of uh, <laughs> questions, but uh, history wise, has not been good to me. But, um, yeah, hopefully things work out this time and they will. Anyway, so relationships, there's uh, and then male and female relations. There's a lot of things that can go wrong, obviously, so. And then as you grow older, you learn about those things. And then also people, people evolve over time. And people have different interests over time. Um, so timing is important, too, because uh, two people need to be in a similar, mm-hmm. similar phase for the relationship to work out if um, both people want to, uh, you know, go on nonstop travel adventures and all that kind of stuff. And then um, then it can work out. Or if two people want to eventually settle down, et cetera, et cetera, um, then it can work out. But if one person's like, um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm busy with my school, I'm going to... Massachusetts for law school, blah blah blah. Then, um, you know, you're you're Joe Smo here in California, and you're a mechanic. Then that may not work out because um, there's rival rival priorities there. One person wants to go to law school, the other person, you know, they don't. So mm-hmm. long distance, of course, it doesn't work out either. It does sometimes. Um, I know people who aren't, who have been and are in long distance relationships, and they make it work. Yeah, you need to have a goal that eventually you're gonna be together, mm-hmm. like a set goal. Like um, my my best friend Danny and and his wife Scarlett. Like he took off to like Canada for um, to work in the oil field for engineering related stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. Was in in Alberta, so they were like thousands of miles away, but uh, of course there was a goal eventually to get back together. So now they're married, they have kids. They're in Texas, <laughs> so it works out if your goal is eventually to get to be together. Um, because a a lot of times you know, well when you date someone far away. It kind of feels like you're on a vacation when you see them, so it's cool at the beginning, uh-huh. but then it turns out less cool later on. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a every day is a a uh, new adventure, which I'm very appreciative of. Um, you know, I regret that in my younger years I didn't 
figure this whole dating stuff out. You know, it's uh, going out, and then you spend a lot of time going out, a lot of time and resources when you could be doing something more useful. <laughs> so that's that's another issue. Going out is fun, but you know, it gets I think old it's eventually. so funny because I think a lot of guys would listen like who would listen to you they'd be like oh my gosh I would love to be in his position you just get to you're single you get to go on dates with different women like that's exciting and you're over here complaining (laughs) that you have to go on multiple dates and you have to meet all these women no I mean it's I'm a relationship guy you know I like um I mean, but you've never really been in a long-term relationship, so how do you know uh, well, it's when, everything that you expect it to be, well, or I, it's better than what you have going on right now? Look, this this whole plan of, um, um, you know, I've I've dated for a few months, several months, <laughs> certain females, so. In in terms of long, it hasn't been, you know, like a five-year relationship or whatever. No. But it's it's been months. <laughs> it's been several months. But uh, it's... Do you feel like... Because when, when I've been... Do you feel pressured to be in a relationship? Because you're, you know, 30-something and you think like, oh, I should be married by now. I should have kids because society expects me have all these things it's not about society it's about uh you know it's the whole path of um you know the george clooney lifestyle even (laughs) george clooney settled down so you tell me right i mean Uh you can clooney it but even even the man himself does he have kids i don't know but um yeah so i mean come on (laughs) Uh the man himself george clooney um, who wants the standard bearer of mm-hmm. uh, the uh, older single man. Yeah, um, and that's a great example. He settled down when he was, what, 50-something? You have plenty of time. No, it's, it's um, the whole thing regarding, uh, yeah, the, the Clooney thing, it just doesn't work out because you're going to end up being lonely. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not a 6'2 white guy, so it's, uh, I, I can't just go out every night. I mean, I can, but then what are the results of that, right? So, um, when I've been on my months-long relationships, they, uh, I've also, I know, I understand what guys feel like that are in relationships, because, uh-huh. you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. <laughs> so, when you're in a month-long whatever then you then uh oh man i just want to go out i i get it i get it (laughs) wait are you saying that frank sometimes thinks that or feels that way i don't (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding after 10 years of being together oh look who's calling me should we pause or no yes okay okay um so what were we talking about we were talking oh, yes. about that the grass isn't yeah, always greener on the other side. Yeah, the grass isn't always greener. Um, you know, I, I've had those similar feelings. 
when I was on the other side, so I, I get that too. But um, the, the, the whole thing, um, especially when you get older, it's just like, uh, you know, you want a family and... So you really want a family? The, uh, the whole, uh, I mean, it's, it's a... Have you always wanted a family? Like, that's something that you've I mean, always wanted? Yeah, that's a... I'm not one of those guys like, oh man, I'm settling down, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just... Because sometimes guys feel that, um, like, when they're in their early 20s, they're actually more ready to have a family than when they're in their early 30s or their mid-30s. Really? Why? Because when you're younger... You know, you, you pretty much you grow up with your family, you know, until you're 18, whatever. Because mm-hmm. you have to go to high school, blah, blah, blah. Where are you going to spend a night? You're going to spend your night under your parents' roof, right? So uh, that's when you're in your early 20s, that's still very close to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your family, that whole lifestyle. You've only been, you know, you've been in college maybe, um, but you've been out on your own not too much mm-hmm. um because you due to your age but then you know by the time you get to your 30s and you still haven't had kids mm-hmm. then then you you kind of get used to being single and that's a very very tough place to undo yourself from mm. and uh yeah I'll, and then you develop a lot of eccentricities. Um, you don't have someone to answer mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when you're in relationships, you know, you have to answer to your girlfriend and all that stuff. But um, there are times when, you know, you're not in a relationship and then you answer to no one. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that you can build eccentricities and that makes you less less uh ready to start a family because yeah anyways it's it's really but i i just don't think the whole going out thing forever is because i've been in the salsa scene for like six years now and it's um yeah it's fun but um the pool parties are fun all that stuff's fun Mm -hmm. but it's also time consuming and could have learned several languages by now or something else so <laughs> there's i don't think i want to keep doing this for the next 15 years i mean if it, it comes down to it i mean uh-huh. you know that's that's not a next 15 year solution to continue on the same path Got it. but um you know different people that they, they have their own vibes but i've always been uh i have a semi-close relationship with my family so I've always felt that path. And then, of course, when you you know, it's like uh, some people, when they see a kid, oh, yeah, I hate kids, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, um, yeah, I don't know. I Frank and I, we always go back and forth uh, whether or not we're going to have kids. I, both of us really, I think we really want to have kids. We're just scared because... You know, right now we can more or less do whatever we want. We can go traveling, we can sleep in, and we've been, it's just been him and I for the last 10 years. It's a long time. 
Yeah, you're, you got used to it. Uh, yeah, we got used to it. And I helped, to a certain extent, raise my younger siblings. Um, and I know how much work is involved raising children. So that's also a reason why I've been hesitant because I, I know how much work is involved. So we'll see what happens. But I think eventually we will. Because I know that if we don't and we're older, I'm going to regret it. But then you see couples like, you know, we used to, ha we used to work with this... Um, with this man, he, he's been his, been with his wife for, I don't know, 30 years. And they go cycling together. They do um, yoga together. <laughs> and they look like they're having the time of their life. And they have no kids. And they're together. They love spending time with each other. And I'm like, that doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> it doesn't seem like they regret not having kids. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Well, that's her public persona, though. Uh, what? Yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, Wait, so that's not how they really are? Uh, how should I know? I don't well, know you're making them. it seem like, oh, they're just putting on a show for social media. Well, it's obviously fun when you do all that stuff, yes. Uh -huh. um, you know, going bike riding through Orange County is fun, yes, I agree. <laughs> um, like, Adam Carolla said that... Um, because someone emailed him, oh, why, why don't you just live the Clooney life, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he was like, uh, yeah, that's funner, but then it's less fulfilling yeah. than being a dad. So I've, I've always felt that way, whether Adam Carolla had said that or not. Yeah. I've always internally felt that way. And, uh, you know, kids, kids are, you know, crazy and uncontrollable, but they're kids, so... Um, a lot of, and then when the kids go through their phases of their childhood, every phase the parents say that's like the worst phase. Like, <laughs> yeah, the terrible twos. It's like when they're newborn. So, oh, why does she cry a lot? Blah blah blah. I have to wake up in the middle of the night. I get two hours of sleep. So that's their first complaint. Then, then when they're past that, oh yeah, she just runs off wherever. You know. And then they're teenagers, and that's yeah. horrible. My sisters still fight to this day. And they're 21, or 22 and 24 or something like that. I don't even know. But, yeah, they still call me complaining about each other. And they're in their 20s. I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> well, it's, it's different when they're a sibling versus... They've been fighting since I can remember. This has been an ongoing thing. Yeah, I still fight with my brother. So, yeah. And then a lot of people, like, they'll tell me, oh, when are you going to have kids? And you should have kids. But then these same people are telling me how hard it is and how you don't sleep and how they're so difficult. And I'm like, none of them. <laughs> a lot of what they say does not sound appealing to me. It doesn't make me want to have kids anytime soon. But then I see, um, like, Frank's family... I think, like, his family did a really good job of raising their kids, so that makes me hopeful that, you know, if you raise your kids right, that they'll be, you know, good people. And respectable. Really respectful, exactly. 
um, productive members of society. That makes me hopeful. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to dwell too long on this subject, but uh, I know both sides of the fence because uh, I know the single life obviously very, very well. And uh, <laughs> I've been on my few months long relationships and uh, the grass is always greener. But the greenest grass is, of course, is if you're in a, in, in a, in a relationship in the family unit. Um, that surpasses single life any day. I know you give up a lot of freedoms. You don't live like a king. But what's the whole point of it, man? Freak, I'm, uh, you know, I live here like a king. You know, no one tells me what to do. And uh, it's, it's, it's not the most healthy thing in the world because then I get behind on my chores, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah. it's, it can be... Uh, it can be crazy. I, I mean, if, uh, like, when Leslie comes over to record, usually I have, like, a three-hour cleaning session before she comes. So, and then <laughs> and then today, today uh, she came, like, super early, so. Um, it looks the same. <laughs> said three-hour cleaning session did not take place, and the place the is a pigsty right now, so. Um, anyways, so, in conclusion... Um, regarding this topic, I don't want to, I just want to say that, uh, my goal will always be to have a family, so. Mm. Anyways. And, uh, because I feel that has more meaning in life. And it's more fulfilling, and you have a more, a, a lot of the shit you, you take at work and in life. You can withstand a lot of stuff. It's kind of like Jordan Peterson in his later chapters on his book. You can withstand a lot of that BS when you have something to work for mm-hmm. and you have a good why, which is your family. Yeah. Because um, right now, you know, you put up with a lot of BS, or I do, mm-hmm. and then it's just like, I don't need to put up with this shit. And then, <laughs> and it, it's, it's not healthy, and your why is kind of confused. You're more tempted to, to just give in to laziness or whatever and not go work out or not not do whatever and but you already have a family your mom dad your brother that doesn't motivate you that legacy motivate me for what like to take care of them no no because <laughs> that motivates me i want to my dad do well for myself and i also want to be able to contribute uh, to my household and then take care of my family if I needed to? Uh, that's been taken care of, so, um... Oh, I see. But, uh, well, the whole thing is my, my dad said, you know, you don't need to take care of, uh, take care of us, just learn to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be leeching off us, that's the main thing. (laughs) So your parents are well off. So they're, they're like, you know, just, just stop... (laughs) As long as there's less output, we'll be fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, um, I just feel that it, it's something in life I want to experience, you know, being, uh, having a family, being in longer than a month's long relationship. And then the thing with relationships is, you know, it's either going up, there's a certain point where you're, you're stable, Mm-hmm. And then it can either go down or it can, or you get married. So, 
that's another challenge. And then uh, my previous little, uh, my previous thing, you know, that uh, I wasn't gonna marry her, and then, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You were gonna marry somebody? That whole. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. You're the whole thing. Care? <laughs> but anyways, so. Um, just to close out here, we have 10 more minutes, so, um, we'll quickly discuss, uh, mixed martial arts. Oh my um, gosh, way more than 10 minutes, but that was, I was speechless. I can't believe what transpired at the last UFC. Your thoughts. Um. And we're talking about Conor McGregor and Khabib. I can't pronounce his full name. Um, I was not shocked by the results of the fight. Neither was I, but what happened after the fight, that was shocking. Um, yeah, I could be jumped out of the cage and started to attack Dylan Dennis, which is part of the crew of Connor, then Khabib's, uh, training people, and, uh, Teammates, they jumped into the cage and started to attack Connor, and then <laughs> it was chaos. A whole bunch of uh, chaos. But um, yeah, looking back now, I don't think it was an insane deal. I mean, um, a week has passed now, so it's like whatever's. But do you know what's happened since then? Um, the Nevada Athletic Commission is still deciding. Oh. They've been temporarily suspended until. Uh, they can come to a, a Well, I know Connor was paid. Yes. But Khabib still hasn't been paid? Yes, because he jumped out of the cage. Oh. Well, he seems to be having a great time in Russia. They've been uh, celebrating his win, and it doesn't seem to be affecting him right now. Yeah, he's, he's threatened to quit the UFC because the guy that uh, jumped into the cage to attack Connor was... Uh-huh. Also signed with the UFC, so the UFC was like uh, threatening to. And three people were arrested, contract. right? Yeah, but um, they got released because Connor didn't want to press charges. Mm. So um, we'll see. I don't think it was that big of a deal. Um, Derek Lewis uh, had <laughs> a very uh, favorable press conference with uh, Joe Rogan. His usual, uh, oh, yeah. Derek Lewis being Derek Lewis. <gasps> he took off his shorts, didn't he? Yes. And they they handed them back to him so he can put them back on. Yes. And um, and we won't repeat what he said. <laughs> he had a, a last-minute um, knockout. He was getting beat up the whole fight. But um, a lot of his fights, they go that way. He's, he's a guy you have to poke a lot before he reacts. Mm-hmm. That's why when... Um, the Francis and Ganu fight, both of them were waiting for the other guy to do something, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing happened. And then, you know, this fight, the uh, the Russian guy kept trying to attack him. He looked um, exhausted throughout the whole fight, and now he's going to fight arguably one of the best heavyweights in UFC history, and he doesn't have the stamina to finish <laughs> a round. It's ridiculous. Yes, but um, I commend the UFC for for arranging this fight 
last minute because right now uh, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, is very um, favorable right now. He's marketably very hot right now because of his shorts and, and that whole thing. So mm. he's also a really good guy because during um, Hurricane Harvey, he was oh, yeah. his hometown of, uh, well, he's from Sugarland, but that, that whole Houston area rescuing people left and right. So he's a really good dude. Um, yeah, I think most of what, it's all an act. Like what he says uh, when he wins and it's all, I think a lot of it's just an act. Well, he also got hit in the head a hundred times immediately before that incident. So <laughs> there's that. So that, that could be a reason why, yes. But, uh, you know, he has the jovial guy type of um, yeah. type of persona. Which right now he's really hot in the media, so uh, the UFC took advantage and and uh, booked that fight because the the whole uh, Valentina Shevchenko oh yeah um, that Sejara Eubanks fight everyone revolted against that, so they had to come up with a better solution. And mm-hmm. although Der- Derek Lewis is not favored against Daniel Cormier at all, no. Due to his cardio and other issues, it's far more compelling fight than a uh, Valentina Shevchenko Eubanks fight. Uh, I'll definitely watch it, but yeah. Uh-huh. And then this, I think tomorrow, it's gonna be Chael Sonnen versus Fedor on Bellator. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I'll definitely be rooting for Fedor. What? What's wrong with you? I don't like, do not like Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen is my favorite me. MMA fighter. Like, I listen to all his podcasts, I watch all his YouTube videos. He's way too, um, um yeah, he's just, he's too much. He comes from the uh, mean streets of Westland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's, uh, he's an American hero. He's, um... I, I listened to his podcast before, Joe Rogan's. He was in the military? No, 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 no. I mean, he, he's not. Oh, why is he an American hero then? Well, his, uh, excuse me, I apologize for that. <laughs> he's, he calls himself the American gangster, which he is. But because he, he's he, not. And, um, yeah, he's good at the whole uh, talking smack but not crossing the line type of thing. Um, mm. You know, his protege is... Your favorite fighter, Kobe Covington. Oh, God. <laughs> they're both Oregon guys. And they're both wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So that's his protege. But, um, yeah, he he's a very smart guy. And he didn't get hit in the head too much. Um, so that's why I like him. And uh, it's going to be a very exciting fight tomorrow, which I look forward to. And... Where'd you watch the uh, Conor McGregor fight? Because uh, you said no to coming to my house. Oh yes, I went to Five Star Pizza in uh, Ontario. If I if I you had texted me an hour before, I would have um. gone to your house. But I I had already entered and and paid money because you, you pay like twenty bucks there and then you get like oh you can eat pizza and fried chicken. Oh. And then plus the fight, so. That's I, a good deal. I don't mind forking over the money for that, but um. Nice. Yeah, well, it should be. Uh, hopefully, it's a good fight and they don't get knocked out right away, but we'll see. I, oh, and shout out to uh, 
what's her name? Michelle Waterston. She won. Yes. So that was good. I like her. Yes, she's a mom. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> but more importantly, she's an MMA fighter. <laughs> well, more importantly, she's a mom, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, yes, you're right. So she won. She was like. Um, but in the context of what we're talking about, she's an MMA fighter. She wants to be the first mom to be a champion. I can see that. So I I don't think so because you need to beat Rose. So that's a big issue. <laughs> Rose is Rose is really good, but I think I think Michelle Waterson can do it. Uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of killers at one fifteen for the ladies. So. I don't know. We'll see. Um, other than that, um, any other final thoughts thoughts about uh, relationships since you've been in the you're in a very healthy marriage? <laughs> I don't know about healthy. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, oh yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about sleep really quickly. Uh. So. Um, <laughs> I I can definitely feel the effects when you don't sleep versus when you do, mm-hmm. and yeah, the wires it just it just works so much better when when, when you, you get like that extra hour, it's, which is the hour that you're supposed to have anyways. It's just that yeah. I I usually just uh, wake up too early or go to bed too late, and uh, it's just really amazing <laughs> that the the old noodle works much better when, when you get out of good sleep. Yeah, I agree. I've been, I haven't been getting as much sleep recently because Frank and I, the only time we have to spend with one another during the week is at night. And I usually get home like around seven, eight, and then I see him for a couple of hours and we talk and then it's already time to go to bed and that's like 11. Then we both have to get up like around five in the morning um yeah so it's hard but but it is very important and we definitely need to prioritize it yeah so tomorrow i'll be sleeping in shout out to sleeping in yeah um oh yeah I, shout uh, out to committed relationships yes <laughs> relationships are really uh you know it's challenging but What's the alternative? You're going to be like a single idiot like I am? I mean, come on. You're not it's, a single idiot. It's uh, it's just good sometimes when you don't... Because when you're single, all you're, there's a lot of focus on... you know, Like I said before, you have to go out all the time. And you have to spend a lot of time and energy and money mm-hmm. to try to achieve certain goals. Whereas... Once you're in a relationship, yes, you have to answer to people and then all this crazy stuff. But then your time, theoretically, is... But you still have... You probably spend the same amount of money. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. And what else? Uh, It's not... Yeah, you spend a lot of time and it's... You definitely are going to hit some bumps in the road and it's not, it's not always, you know, like great and loving and everything. Uh, So you have, that's why take your time and find someone that you absolutely adore because 
when times get rough, you you want to like you have to absolutely adore that person because that person can drive you crazy sometimes. But you love them so much that you're you're committed and you're gonna work things out and you know do whatever it takes. That was a very good message. <laughs> Anyways, thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next week. Adios. Bye.